welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Bad Faith Ultra Leftist. Oh, Diego, my cat has just joined us, rubbed up against my leg. Oh, yeah, uh, he Diego. will be our fourth co-host uh, this evening. I am Kim. Um, I use she or they pronouns, joining you all from Washington, D.C., um, this is the ancestral land of the Nacochtonk people and Piscataway people. And also this place was built with the enslaved labor of African people. It's often not included in land acknowledgements, but I like to do it because I think it's important. Um, I wanted to, I'm actually, my little fact, this just happened and is so gross. We've been, as usual, we were playing around with our schedule. So we're, we've been a little... Uh, remiss for a while, so we have we recorded just after thanks. Or sorry, after Halloween last time, and now we're just recording after Thanksgiving. So I wanted to note this thing. I don't know if y'all saw this. This is not local to me, but um, my mom had sent me a really good. Well, we both actually both independently saw the same article. I think it's probably in the New York Times. It's probably why I think it got a lot of pickup about the very wild shit that goes on at Plymouth. <laughs> in Massachusetts for Thanksgiving, this, you know, how they do this like commemoration, whatever. And I think, wasn't this year some round number, uh, I'm sure anniversary it was. Or whatever? I, I seem to recall there being some kind of this being a special year for some reason. Yeah. I think it's like 400 years. Is that insane? I Jeez, think, really? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. and so, cause it was in the 1600s. Yeah, it was. So, so, okay, so these people at Plymouth are out of their fucking gourds, by which I mean the white people, obviously. Similar, similarly to people who, like, live in Salem, uh, <laughs> who make a whole big thing about, like, the witch burnings is, like, their tourism. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just think about how demented that fucking is. It's deranged. Like, it's so you deranged. Buy, you can so buy, like, like, a, like, a, like a nice keychain with a, a burning witch on it. Jeez. And, <laughs> right? I can I do not even want to think about what the tourist catch is like there. Like, God. so you can imagine, and especially consider if like your family is like really like Mayflower people and you like stayed there, like how up your own asshole you would be for every Thanksgiving, like remembrance. So obviously the whole entire story is fake. You all, if you have not looked into that, you can do that on your own time. But what's really fucked up is the particular tribe that is in the Thanksgiving story, right, that, like, we were all taught is the Wampanoag people. There's m- various names, but I think that's, like, the anglicized name or the the sort of most widely used name for these right. folks. And so, at least since the 70s, right, when this sort of, like, resurgence of sort of, like, Native liberation, like, activism, like, happened um, with the American Indian Movement, et cetera, um, and just sort of like radical politics of the seventies. And also basically when they shut down their residential schools and like native people were sort of like allowed to exist, uh, again, without just like completely denying, um, their existence, their language, um, their customs is the Wampanoag people have basically told these people <laughs> in Plymouth to go fuck themselves for a long time now. Right. I and mean, as they so should. This, <laughs> Yeah. So there's this piece in the New York Times is um, like it has a pretty good headline. It has like a it has like an eye grabbing headline, which is about, um, you know, like these uh, people like helped the pilgrims survive and they've like regretted it ever since. Which is <laughs> legit. 
Fair. <laughs> and, Extremely um, fair. <laughs> so the, like, townspeople or whatever, I'm sure it's, like, the Chamber of Commerce and all that fucking shit. Again, you can imagine how much money is wrapped up in this. Tried to get, like, Wampanoag people to, like, you know, participate in their little charade. And they oh, were like, geez. no. So they just brought some other Native people from elsewhere in the country, completely different tribes that have nothing to do with any of this. To like play act. You know, I hate that shit. Oh my God. So disgusting. Yeah. So A, don't fucking, I mean, don't fucking sell people out like that. Like that's repulsive. And also just that that was even the ask, right? The, this is so dehumanizing, dehumanizing of, like, we'll just, like, replace these with some, like, other brown people and, like, no one will know the difference, which ties in a little bit to what we were talking about last time with the land acknowledgments. And I was saying kind of, like, sometimes there's this weird kind of cosplaying performative thing of doing sort of, like, traditional religious practices that are not for the white audience. They're not expected to understand it or to be having a spiritual experience. It's just theater for them. And this like really took that from zero to a hundred. So I just thought that was important to like note. I would recommend reading the article if you haven't. Um, and just sort of learning about the sort of modern shit that's going on. This is why I, I mentioned a couple times ago about how, you know, I, I grew up in California, so I didn't really think about like where I live now is like some of the first people that were encountered by like John Smith and these English motherfuckers. And like, the way that I was taught about it in school as like a abstraction or just like a historical footnote and really engaging with like, what is the situation here now? I think is super important. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's really, um, I've noticed this even, even in left spaces where people are like, Oh, well this is a, you know, a concern for whatever nation you better listen to this person on those issues. Well, this person turns out to be, an indigenous person from a completely different nation. Right. Like, why are you pointing me to them? That, no, that doesn't, you, you thought you were being cool and listening to marginalized voices, but you really were actually being racist. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. Uh, And uh, obviously we have our other two beautiful co-hosts. Um, joining me from is it balmy house it's pretty balmy here is uh, Portland balmy now Portland actually has been extremely balmy the last few days it's been abnormally warm oh my name is Ben Mm. I use he him pronouns (laughs) if you use they for me I'm not gonna like get mad or anything though so whatever Um, and (laughs) I am in Portland Oregon so-called ancestral lands of the well, quite a lot of people, uh, Chinook peoples of, of many, many nations, uh, including the Multnomah, the Clackamas, the Flamet. The Clackamas actually are not Chinook people, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, the Tualatin, the Kalapuya, the Malala. Um, I want to talk a little tiny bit. I'm not going to get as into it as, as maybe I could or should. But I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Vanport, which I've kind of been remiss. I appreciate 
that Kim often goes into uh, with the land acknowledgement to mention that uh, you know the district was built by enslaved labor of African people. Um, I think it's important when we talk about Oregon that we talk about the fact that it was basically built as a white ethno state and mm. uh, black people were not allowed to even live in Oregon for a very long time. When that finally mm. changed, what was built, uh, you know, the, the place that was built for them basically, and, and it was built as a, a bedroom community for the shipyards back when Portland had a, a, a shipyard during World War II. So it Interesting. was... Yeah. Yep. It was a, a uh, cleared out area of the Columbia Basin that was very close to the river. And uh, that was a majority black. It was its own city. It was not part of Portland, but it was... Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting sort of situation in that the city of Portland, there were, you know, housing authority of Portland and other Portland city like bureaus had some kind of jurisdiction there. I'm not really sure why or how, um, but housing HAP uh, was extremely, it was extremely messed up. So this was, this was supposedly public housing. Well, it wasn't supposedly, it was public housing. Um, and it was built on a floodplain. It was this, they just built a, just course. a shit ton of public housing on a floodplain. And even though they had built this for, so they built this for ship workers. They built this for people that were going to work, you know, building, building the, the naval fleet. Um, they ended up having a, a serious problem with segregation within Vanport. So this was the first the first place in Oregon that had uh, the first black pu uh, public school teacher was here. Um, a lot of... of uh, Presumably for the kids of these dock workers. Yes. Port well, workers. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, in a classic, like, these stories always go this way, right? So... Um, on, there were two major rainstorms, May 19th and 23rd, 1948, and again, May 26th to 29. Rainfall combined with meltwater. So this is, this is late spring. Mm -hmm. So this is when the melt like is starting to get up to full speed. Um, and by uh, Memorial Day, May 30th, 1948, HAP, H-A-P, had issued a, the alert that this was this was their alert remember dykes are safe at present you'll be warned if necessary you will have time to leave uh, don't get excited at 4 17 p.m that day this Sp spokane portland and seattle railway berm burst sending a 10-foot wall of water into vanport college Jesus. according to his historical marker the break happened at an old railroad cut that had been filled in so this was it's, it brings so much together. So yeah, a lot of the people that moved in got started working on Navy stuff because they felt it was their duty to support the war effort. So there's that nationalism is combined with racism. Right. 
is combined with labor issues because clearly this railroad cut that had been filled in was not mm-hmm. not done uh, to some kind of code or the codes didn't exist or whatever. Um, now, 15 people died, but the biggest thing was that uh, of 18,500 people that lived in Vanport, not a single one could move back into their home. Yeah. Uh, it, it was not, it was no longer viable as, as a place to live. And so everybody in Vanport had to move somewhere else. Ugh. Yeah. So that's that's the story. That's going to be my tidbit for the week on uh, on history. I mean, thank you for sharing that. I've never heard that story. That's really um, why I kind of perked up when you were saying that is um, the the Bay Area um, black population is similarly uh, uh, was uh, drawn to Richmond in Port of Richmond in World War Two, um, predominantly from. Um, specifically the New Orleans area and some people from Chicago. Um, And so that's like such a huge, exactly that thing of like, quote unquote, workforce housing that is substandard and from every possible, like I'm sure it was cold. I'm sure it was moldy. It was in a floodplain. Like these are just bodies to be exploited um, until they're not useful anymore. Um, And that is the story of, the great migration it's repulsive that like yeah that's really fucked up thanks for yeah. telling us that before before i pass the baton to tim i want to say that i i want to recognize that uh gentrification is happening so they uh the african-american population in uh north in vanport moved largely to north portland which was the closest part of, of you know the closest housing available um and then there was awful, there was redlining, there was all kinds of awful things that happened there. But uh, modern day gentrification is pu- pushing black families out of North Portland and into East Portland and into uh, Washington County. And I, you know, it, they, the saga continues. It just continues mm-hmm. and continues. So with that, I'll pass to Tim. Hey y'all, uh, this is Tim, I am in uh, so-called Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, primarily uh, historically the home to the Wapakuti and Osseti Tacoan um, or Santi Dakota people, um, and yeah, I, I I will be fairly brief. I just wanted to share something that I learned while doing research for this episode. Uh, so I'm I'm in the uh, land stolen via. Land session 289, which is part of a series of land sessions from 1851, all in like the south to southwest of Minnesota. Um, the big justification for it, as I just learned today, was uh, I'm going to quote this from a report to Congress from some white assholes. Uh, <laughs> here's the quote. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like you know dignify them with names. Uh, so the quote is. It is needed as an additional outlet to the overwhelming. T- <laughs> oh man! Oh, okay, cutting that, starting over. Uh, <laughs> this is a quote from a report to Congress from some white assholes. 
actually can leave that in for verisimilitude. Uh, it it yeah. is needed as an additional outlet to the overwhelming tide of migration, which is both increasing and irresistible in its westward progress. So, like, basically manifest destiny. Um, Leaps wrong, baby. It was definitely not a heavily populated part of the country for white people. Uh, there were, like, thousands more Native people here at the time. Uh, the thing I learned that I find fascinating is that the fur trade at this point was, like, in steep decline. I'm actually surprised it still existed as much as it did in the mid-19th mm -hmm. century. Um, and, and to some extent, these treaties were, like, manufactured by fur traders because their mm -hmm. industry was declining. And so they basically took a cut off the top. Like, mm -hmm. they took a big part of the settlement for the land that was stolen as basically like debt payments that they hmm. purported to, uh, you know, be owed from the people who already lived here. So that's capitalism, baby. Wow. It makes yeah, everything that, worse. Always. Sucks. Yep. Um, and very little. It was like a $3.75 million payment, which is about 12 cents an acre. Uh, oh. And very little of it actually went to the people it was supposed to go to. And instead of, of two fur traders. Of course. So. That's a very interesting point in terms, I mean, I know it's like kind of self-evident, but just again, this is not how we were taught this. So I don't know to what extent we, I have ever really reframed and sat with this. Like, I don't know if you're following, um, I am going to completely butcher, even though I learned recently how to fucking pronounce it. You know, the fight that's going on in Canada right now, what's, so the wet sweat. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Wet sweatin', thank you. Um, like, like people have, there's really, really good information on Twitter. Like, it's really, please, like, connect to that, like, struggle and, like, follow um, these fucking indigenous land defenders. They're amazing. Um, they literally kick, it's unceded territory. They kicked the Royal Canadian Mounted Police off of their land and we're like, we're just, like, not Suck it, recognizing Dudley, you anymore. <laughs> and then, like, obviously it's terrible, and they sent them all in in, like, tactical gear, and they arrested everybody and brutalized people, and it's horrific, and it's also, like, December. It's really... Yeah, in Canada. It's really difficult. So, like, yeah, so there's, like, a call for people to come, but it's, it's also in a, in a remote area is, like, part of it. So I'll, I bring that up to say that there's been pretty consistent and good and important reminding us lately that... Canada was just the Hudson Bay Company. Yeah. It's just a fucking company. Yeah. All these countries, all these British outposts, and before them Dutch outposts, were just corporations. Like, so yes, that completely yeah. makes sense that like fur traders are like pushing this, which is just to expand profits. And so like thinking about all the things that happened and the way that we were told, I mean, obviously Manifest Destiny is 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 fascistic, disgusting, genocidal, like thought yep. but that's like not even really true like that's a retconning of like it's profit that's what we were doing that's what this entire american project is well and and i and i just like a slight correction i think is important is they weren't even doing it to increase their profits they were doing it to sustain their dying industry they were doing like, it to cut their losses like, like like big coal yeah yes yeah. This, yes this is they were absolutely big coal of the time yep it's, it's, it was extracting additional rent from 
people who weren't even their like weren't even benefiting from their existence in any like it was it, it's like uh. it's like if someone came to your door and knocked on your door and said like uh yeah i'm the i'm the uh uh um i don't know like coal salesman down the street and my business <laughs> yeah. is dying so you have to give me a $500 yeah and you'd be like fuck off right no, if thanks. you if you do it through a treaty then somehow, then it's, like, it, it's, magically. it's bonkers. Yeah, but it's that shit is still right. going on. Every one of these little trappers that was getting twelve cents an acre, you know, like trying to, you know, get one on the sly off of the U.S. government and the indigenous people that live there, like, is Joe Manchin? They're all just Joe Manchin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just rent seeking. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. On that note, let's go back the other way. Um, Tim, how are your vibes? Uh, they're okay. Um, I, I got boosted on Monday and flu shotted on Monday, which I was very excited for. Hardcore. The double deuce. I, give, give me them chips. I, w- I want them. I want the chips <laughs> in my, in yeah, my bloodstream. Chips ahoy. Thanks, base lord. Base god? Base god Bill Gates. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I forgot he's involved. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah he is. He, he, he makes the chips <laughs> in his Who basement. do you think is making uh, the Wi-Fi? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I felt like absolute garbage until today. Then I made myself bike to work because it was nice out and I feel a lot better. Um, today was a lot. It was really busy at the worker center. Uh, I, I feel like I did a really good job of both understanding and speaking Spanish today, which is kind of surprising because nice. I nice. like five days off from it. Um, is your brain slipping into that mode where you're not feeling like you have to translate every single word, where you're just kind of getting the, the, uh, the rhythm? More so. Like, I get I get the gist of things without thinking about it as much, which is good. That's great. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I mean, like, the, the, the nice thing about it is that I, there are, like, go-to, you know, concepts and phrases since everything relates right. to jobs yep. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that makes it easier. You're like, I know um, how to like, say wage theft in Spanish. Yeah. And I you know how to say the next step is that I write you a, a letter and you can send it to your boss and they'll probably freak mm-hmm. out because it looks looks like a lawyer's thing, even though it's not. Um, so like I know how to say the, these basic things. I'm, I think I'm, the next phase is going to be like going from that to actually like being able to think creatively in Spanish. And that mm-hmm. is going to take mm-hmm. a long time. So um, Totally. But yeah, it was, it was a good day. I'm, I'm still very tired. Like... I feel like I'm being baby, but also the two shots is is a lot. No, you're I, hard, you're you're tough. Yeah, I was not okay. going to do that to myself. Um, so yeah, Kim, how are your vibes? Oh God, I wanted to go back the other <laughs> way. Um, my, <laughs> my, I just um, booked my. Tr- I, I'm going to go to France to see oh, um, my family. Yes, it's a it's expensive and it's a, I have mental illness around money i'm super avoidant about it i've been putting this off for a while but my um sister brother-in-law nephew live there my parents are going to go visit them and we're doing a really nice thing where they are going um they're retired and whatever they have a little more comfort uh what's it a cushion or whatever so they're going for like a couple like maybe three weeks and so they're going soon i know it's wild they're going also i'm like i'm like okay it's still covid and it's freezing so like i'm not trying to i don't i'm they live in the south of france so i'm not actually even trying to and antifa is um 
fighting in the streets again. Good for them. I support them, but I also don't want to get caught stuck um, in transit. So I'm not going to Paris. I'm just in transit through. And so they're well, traveling around and doing stuff. We all stuff. know what happens when you go to Paris during Christmas. I mean, we've all seen Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes, you're not the first person to make that. Oh, really? We're, so, yes, we're, keep, I, we're keeping it simple. I'm imagining I'm, I'm Kid, gang, to... Kid <laughs> gang setting up a whole bunch of booby, booby traps uh, so that MPD can't in get into your house. <laughs> I want that yeah, to happen. That actually, actually my plan is to, to set up a, a contraption so I can uh, drop a paint can in my landlord's face at some point. Yeah, so this is like, that's great. I should, tra- I should train Kid gang how to do that. I think they'd be into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually if so, you if yeah. you knock if you knock out your landlord, you get to just uh, take possession of the building. That possession is possession so. is nine tenths of the law. It's true. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was I was nervous. Like I so I think you know regular sightseeing is out. Um, Muriel here lifted our mask mandate. Oh, it's been very stressful yeah. with some interpersonal relationships here in DC. I'm like, I wish you would just put it back so I don't have to have these conversations with you. Um, and she's an idiot. And the White House, obviously, which is right there, was like, actually, you guys do need to be wearing masks. And so she put out this tweet today that was like, it's strongly recommended to wear masks inside. I'm like, you're the mayor. Just just say you fucked up. Just say, put them back on. So anyways, I have no interest in like indoor dining. It's too cold to be outside, blah, blah, blah. And I also figure it's the holidays and like immigration is going to be an all day affair. So I'm just keeping it simple. I'm just going to their little quiet uh, chateau in <laughs> south of France. And we're just going to be chateau in the suburbs. Chateau in the south of France. Yeah. No, no it's, like an, it's like an apartment. Nice size, the rich and famous. <laughs> Oh, I guess it's maison, right? It's not chateau. I don't know what chateau means. Actually, is that like a is that like a it mansion? It means a castle. I have no idea. You it it straight up just means a, a castle. castle. <laughs> yeah, it's not a castle. It's just a house. <laughs> so I think that we're uh, gonna have a nice, quiet chateau. Is actually hall. French for for shit house. Ah, okay. Okay, well there, yeah, there you go. And I think, and so sh- it's my sister's birthday, and then Christmas, and then my birthday, all really close together, and it'll be nice for us to. Nice. Um, Spend that time, and there was something else I'm just gonna say, but it's not it's not that important. But like, I I also just I have a thing about the holidays are typically really stressful, and I do think that like COVID has thrown things into relief about how we have to sort of be grateful for these connection, like ability to even see each other at all, and that we'll sort of go to some lengths to make that happen and kind of make the most of it. I I'm actually kind of very grateful for it and sort of enjoying it. So yeah, it should be should be a nice trip. Um, then what, how are your vibes? My vibes are interesting. Um, I am in a spot where I now, like, I, 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 I said this last time, which means I'm still, I'm still working on the thing that I meant to do, but, um, I'm working toward, uh, getting up to being, uh, involved in, in causes that I'm interested in again. I have a plan to kind of meet folks that I think would be interested in this kind of work locally, but because we're so close to the holidays, basically it's like a watch and wait, and then in January start doing all these things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm a Sag, as as has probably been brought up on the pod before. 
Um, as, as, I don't know as, if we've brought it up before. Uh, I think we only have my, talked about how Tim is a Libra because Libras can't stop talking about how they're Libras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, so, so people know me primarily as somebody who never stops talking about astrology. I yes, do it all the time. That's exactly. Yeah. Never, <laughs> yeah, and I, I you know, I, uh, I, I is as is often the astrology joke. Like I'm a Sagittarius, so I don't believe in astrology. Um, like uh, the other, so my youngest is also a Sag, and my middle kid is Capricorn. I forget, yeah, you have a whole Sag family. So we have a whole, yeah, so Sag, the Sag Cap unity is actually more real than left unity. Um, then would you say you have, would you say you have, a, a, <laughs> you, you you have a, a quiver of Sages? Oh, jeez. Uh, no, it's just the two of us and we got one Capricorn. Um, <laughs> because of the arrow. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I did, someone, someone was uh, like, oh, yeah, um, what? Oh, actually, it was me. That someone was me. Uh, I was like, I don't know what being a Sagittarius actually means, So, but I know it's my birthday soon. And they're like, oh, it means you do whatever the <laughs> fuck you want and you like fire. I'm like, actually, that's not yeah, wrong. That's not wrong. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm in actually in a pretty good spot. Um, I'm I, Against my better judgment, I'm doing Advent of Code again this year, so... Look mm. for me to be clickety clacking away again. On your um, on your what are they what are they called on the very loud keyboards? Oh, I don't have very loud keyboards. You know the mechanical. thing is like I'm not that guy. Like I'm not the mechanical keyboard guy. I'm not the, even the mm. ergonomic keyboard guy. I am the guy that made a Nintendo that runs on a Raspberry Pi. But other than that, yes. Other than that, <laughs> other my my oldest is trying to get me. Uh, back into electronics, so I may become that guy by the mm-hmm. end of the year. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're chill. Just I'm, in, I'm having chill vibes. Okay. Good. I love that for you. I like how you're when I, I this might be overstating it, but I feel like when you kind of hedge your bets with things that you want to share on here, it's like out of some feeling of like, oh, that might not work out. I don't yeah. know. I'm behind the ball. And I feel like I don't want to share things on here because I don't want to telegraph crimes. You don't want to, do, you don't want to let, you, in case this is illegal, I'm not going to say it. Right. I'm just yeah, not going to share with you guys. I'm not, yeah. I'm not planning on doing anything illegal soon. Well, yes, I know. I mean, I may violate some FCC regs, but probably not. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> they won't, they're, they probably won't know. They, you know, I, the, the funny thing is that a lot of people are violating FCC regs now that oh, yeah. all of these uh, Baofeng uh, radios are just available to everyone. Yeah. It's just like there's so 100%. many people that are operating on the those frequencies without a license. And then people who have a license who are operating on the frequencies that they're allowed to are operating mm. with more power than they're allowed to for those frequencies. Basically... Um, China, the Chinese manufacturing industry has completely obliviated any hope yes. that FCC will regulate amateur radio. Amazing. Period. It's never going to happen. Amazing. I will also say, uh, of course, still, I have been on a night of mayhem with um, Baofeng uh, radios and we couldn't get them to work. Like, we yeah, still couldn't no, talk to each other. So we could do a Skillshare on that. Yeah. <laughs> 
the thing is they're 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 high powered enough to be way higher powered than a walkie-talkie but they're yes. low powered enough to where you're not really doing any ham radio on those things so yeah you still have to actually be pretty close to each other which yeah is not that useful okay so shifting into tim i know you wanted to wrap this up early but i just whatever i just love letting it go how it's gonna go is um I wanted to at least do a shout out. Again, our production schedule is whatever. So who knows when you'll be hearing this. But basically, Roe v. Wade is overturned. It's going to happen in the spring. The case had oral argument today. I wanted to at least acknowledge that. Um, It's extremely dark and it implicates like the argument that the state of Mississippi, who's the I don't know, even know if they're the plaintiff or the defendant, because I don't know what the posture is of the case, and I don't fucking care. I can't expend any brain space on that at this point. Um, yeah, too much lawyer brain parties, here is not going to be helpful for anyone, I don't no, think. No, I, I don't think it's helpful. And, and like, you'll all recall that a couple of months ago, right, like, pundit mode was like, oh, well, like, yeah, Texas, like, basically outlawed abortion, but, like, Roe v. Wade hasn't been overturned. We're not doing that. Roe v. Wade has been functionally overturned and it's going to be officially overturned in the spring right and this case implicates and it just depends how wild the conservative majority feels like it has rain to go with and quite frankly they can do whatever they want and they can be as wild as they want there's no right yeah i mean we would hope they would feel some compunctions but they won't and they don't have any reason they don't they don't feel any compunctions and so this case also implicates it's not just abortion, it's trans protections, it's gay protections, including marriage, um, it's contraception Yeah, I was going to say, it's, this goes all the way to just straight up regular old contraception. Like, yeah, this is... It's essentially, it's, it, it, it kind of encompasses yeah. like everything that's not explicit in the Bill of Rights to some mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, fundamentally. They're, 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 yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I, that was I, literally it, p- part of it today, or yeah, today when um, I forget who it was. Was it Kavanaugh? I can't remember. He got a lot of airtime on this, asking absolutely ghoulish questions of like, "Oh, well, this isn't like the Second Amendment. It's not like written down anywhere." So it's not like so, yes, the Second it, Amendment. Everything's in oh play. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> Which, as we know, the Second Amendment didn't mean what it meant until the 1980s. No. Yeah, it's all no, fake it's, because it's, the NRA lobbied for that. So it is enti- I just kind of enti- it's entirely writing writing this as they want to write it and it's always yeah. been that and it always will yes. be that. So yeah. yeah, so let's come to terms with it. If we haven't, I just kinda wanted to like note that this is happening and I think um it connects to a broader conversation that we've been meaning to have sort of about what the fuck we're doing, about like what the left is, um, et cetera. So Ben, I don't know if you wanted to kind of tee that up. Yeah, well, maybe it, maybe I will. Previously. Like I mean that that is that is a, definitely a segue that's going to put me in a, a little bit harder a position. But I mean, reality. Oh, no, go ahead. no, reality is that, like, on this matter, we, I mean, all of us need to be doing something. And we all know that we need to do something. But what it is that we do feels like it is such an open question that like doesn't mm-hmm. have an answer. And so mm-hmm. what what will probably happen on the left is what has happened in so many other hard spots 
Now there have been some bright spots. There have been some moments there where 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 the left came together, and this includes like even fucking prog libs, um, and stopped some really bad shit from happening. Um, but by and large, what does happen is when there's such a large systemic problem that we know there's no political will to defeat, you know, our enemies. Yeah. Uh, we tend to uh, frenzy and then fracture. Mm-hmm. So we tend to, mm-hmm. it's, it's urgent, do this thing. And, and it is something, calling people, hitting the streets, whatever it is. Um, then pretty soon when that thing doesn't yield the results that we needed or wanted, then then that recrimination comes in. And mm-hmm. what has happened is this has happened so many times, even since even since the 2016 election. And I, I, I will go back to both Occupy and the 2016 election as kind of this proto movement. But since then, we don't really have a movement. And like, it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're in DSA or like a special interest group or in other socialist organizations or whether you're in some kind of progressive space, fundamentally, we don't have a movement of organizations. We don't have a coalition that is cohesive and coherent and can get shit done. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Or even like, yeah, like, and and I'm thinking back to like, what are the big, I guess, like, arguably the big three things that resemble movements of the past 20 or so years are, like, the anti-Iraq war movement. Yeah. Oh. Which was, I mean, yeah, so the anti-war movement was again. even more a failure than any of the other things we're about to talk about. So, yes, continue. Right, 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 right. So, it, like, anti-war movement, o- Occupy... Maybe it just it just feels big because it's recent, but like the the uh, anti cop response to George Floyd's death. Yeah, no, I think that's real. Maybe more more broadly, the, the, the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I think that I that when we talk about BLM as a movement, like that's a very different thing than saying there's no movement on the left. Like there's no unified movement on the left. Right. There is a unified movement against police brutality. And I don't think we need to get Agreed. it twisted and pretend like everyone who's involved in BLM is a, is a police abolitionist. But I think that mm-hmm. as far as spaces where people could get radicalized into police abolition, that is probably still the best place in the country right now. I yeah. agree. And I, and the flip side of that coin, just briefly, I don't want to interrupt, interrupt you, Tim, but the flip side of that coin, which is the frustration that we've had since the fucking beginning of the frustration is not nearly strong enough of a word is that the left TM, the movement that theoretically exists is at least 50%. I would say 60% or 70% not involved in the uprising, like irritated by it. So like, those are not the same thing. Like, I think that there are people who are fighting for, liberation who may not think of themselves as on the left who like are like we're, we're, we're in affinity, but that is not what we're talking about in terms of people who self identify as 
the left TM. There is no actual movement there. It's this like artificial cobbling together of like left unity nonsense and like where that really the rubber has hit the road a number of times, but really with the uprising is just undeniable. There's like an irritation that that happened and it like wasn't their idea. They're not police abolitionists. Like they're not actually left. They're reactionaries who want like a nicer quality of life. And so I think I also put those in kind of separate buckets where I think the Venn diagram who's actually in both is vanishingly small. And I think that's us. Yeah. I, think I, it's, I also want, yeah. I, like, like, no, I, I like, I bring up this example for a reason because I think it's like a good sort of comparison point between sort of the question of like, why isn't there a broader quote unquote left movement? Frankly, I think that's a incoherent concept. And it's, like that may be the case. I mean, that may, it may be yeah. that the reason we don't have a movement is because the concept of a movement in this regard is just nonsense. Yeah. The concept of like a big tent left movement makes no sense because reactionaries have a, have a program in common. I don't have a program in common with Pete Buttigieg. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's like the, there's, there's, there, frankly, he is my enemy. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and like, I think the example that I was raising of like the, sort of more, I guess, uh, specifically like goal-focused movements in the last 20 years is like looking at the way those didn't work or worked but had useful legacies is like, you know, like taking the, the response to George Floyd's murder here, it largely turned into like continuing action in the streets that probably maintained the energy for meaningful change longer than it would have otherwise and mm -hmm. campaigns campaigns focused on changing the charters of the city of Minneapolis to mm -hmm. like be able to put meaningful pressure on the police. And I don't think that was like a bad thing to do. Like that was like, that, that's a, that's a, a good reform that didn't work. Right. Like they lost like yeah. 57 to 43, I think, um, which is pretty bad considering where we were at a year ago. Right. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's, and, and like, I think each of these like more issue focused movements turn into campaigns to some extent. And then those campaigns lose and nothing emerges from them. Like that's where shit goes to die when you lose and when you win, frankly. And so I think that like that doesn't, that, that doesn't necessarily apply to the, the, the broader like left movement question, but I think it, it has become like the nonprofitization of the left is a big mm -hmm. problem. And yes. yep. maybe I'm overly focused on it, but yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, I, what do you... Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, um, you know, so it, it, I think it's interesting to look at these those three movements that you brought up, Tim, in that order on their merits. So... Right. So uh, the first, the anti-war movement, we need to, you know... It was primarily a foreign policy goal <clears throat> that was absolutely doomed from the start. Um, mm -hmm. Because that foreign policy, you like, there's no, you don't have, you can't even pull on any levers at home. There's nothing right. you can even right. do to stop the war machine from here. Um, I mean, maybe if someone out there can think of how to do that, please do not put that in the comments because you will get arrested. <laughs> 
Um, Th- this is also the trick with the Supreme Court. Right. I, yeah. This like, drove what me the fuck out of my fucking mind that? when I was, yeah, when I was doing advocacy work and people would be like, let's send an email to the Supreme Court. I was like, no, <laughs> send a fucking we're, not, email <laughs> we're not doing that. Right. So pretending <laughs> that this is a movable target. I know I wanted to blow my brains out. So like that. Yeah. The Pentagon similarly or Raytheon similarly, yeah. like it, it's not movable. So you, so you need to be in direct confrontation to it, period. You can't ask them to do anything. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to right. go ahead. So that movement, and, and there were people, I mean, there was definitely militant action in the anti-war movement. Um, and, and that's somewhat entwined with that kind of alter globalization movement. But in the mm-hmm. end, like that does not achieve anything. And then we end up in, in Occupy a few years later, and that also doesn't actually achieve anything, but it does, for the first time, succeed at not campaignifying that idea yeah. immediately. So I would say mm-hmm. the campaignification of Occupy happened in 2016 with a little guy we like to call Bernie Sanders. Um, yeah, <laughs> yep. I mean, yep. that's the campaignification of Occupy is, is Bernie running for Agreed. president. Um, yeah. And, and, and so BLM, I think we still have not, I mean, we have had a ton of campaignification happening, but I think it's still yeah. going on. And that, that idea is, I think we can't close the book on it just yet and say like, these are our lessons learned from Black Lives Matter because, I feel like that may be a continuing struggle in a way that Occupy is not. Yeah, and I, 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 don't, I don't mean to dismiss. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm I, just as a, qu- a a quick insertion, and then and then go ahead, Tim. But like, I agree, and it's interesting because while at the same time, like the National Black Lives Matter like dot org is a scam and a half, and like those actual people are shitty, and then including like you know like. The, some of the biggest kind of like personalities or whatever from that um, came out of Ferguson, right? So like we know that DeRay is a scammer. We know that Brittany Packnett is a scammer. She has a fucking deal with a scotch <laughs> company now. Oh, wow. Um, I just, I remember oh, DeRay's yeah. deal with uh, with Taco Bell was the thing that really stuck out to me. <laughs> well, it's DeRay, interesting, right? DeRay, DeRay, DeRay can't wait uh, is, is his name. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, DeRay was always like a TFA guy, right? So his, his politics were always bad, and and that is that is the thing with um, just to to kind of say what you were saying is that I think it's true and like fair and realistic to grapple with that a lot of people who are fighting against police violence in their specific like circumstances or location, like they know you know their terrain and like their police department, or whatever, but they shouldn't become spokespeople for shit and that's like what I don't even want to say we allowed to happen that's what recuperation is that's like yeah and I think it's important to recognize like the role of the state in all of this shit like exactly exactly without saying everyone's an op and everything's an op like exactly right exactly right so like I don't even whatever I don't even really bear that all that ill will towards Drea I know some people really hate him but like he was always like a limited, flawed person from jump. And so like people who didn't want to engage with that and like on some level, I like, get it. Like it, it, it's actually helpful. That's not something that I like, I'm good at. Like people who are like willing to 
actually now I'm, I'm kind of taking this back. I was going to say talk to press or whatever. Sometimes that's useful. Sometimes it's not right. There's always tactical decisions to be made. So all of, yes, the state has a vested interest in doing that. They're very, very good at it. It's literally counterinsurgency <laughs> tactics. Right. And people, of course, people can be bought off because we, or they don't even realize that that's what's going on because we live in a deeply precarious, unequal society and people just want to relax and like drink a fancy scotch and and buy a $3 million mansion in LA. Like, I, I get it, okay? So so all of that to say, I'm, I'm actually not casting aspersions on the BLM, BLM movement at all. I just wanted to like, raise those are like known problems with like specific people and like none of it is new like there's nothing new under the sun and i think the actual strength of the idea of blm which is the actual strength also of the idea of antifa is that no one's in charge right these are spontaneous uprisings like even the way that we're talking about this like smashing, grabbing Louis Vuitton. Those are, I mean, those are people who know what they're doing. They can fence these like $15,000 bags. Those are actual professional like thieves and I applaud them. They're like not anti-fascists, but they, 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 it, 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 yes. Like the police freak out about it and the right wing freaks out about it and whatever, like people in elections freak out about it. But honestly, it gives us all life because no, no one is in charge and all of these things are just happening because we are all in this tumultuous, boiling mess together. And I agree that there is still a lot of potential there. And it basically boils down to there's no one in charge. Right. And, and I think that you did hit on that because in the anti-war movement, I was not very I was not actually involved in the anti-war movement at all. But from what I understand there were definitely people in charge of it. And we all know about... Yeah, I mean, I was, and it was through Answer. Right. And fuck Answer. <laughs> fuck those people. But right. I didn't know any better. I mean, I was much younger. But, well, like, yeah, they, th- those were organizations, like, running that shit for their own and ends. The, to, to, I'm going to push back a bit because those people also helped uh, get people corralled here during BLM yeah. protests. Like, I know. hundreds of people. Uh and I also do think that the campaignification isn't like a, I mean, like, you're not saying this, but like, it's not a neutral impact thing, right? Like, Agreed. it enervates movements. And it has Agreed. been, my main framework is, is like what's happened in the cities. And I don't think it was intentional. I think it was very well intentioned. They said, okay, so it is a like strategic aim to change Minneapolis's charter. So we're going to pour all of our energy into this campaign and kind of suck it out of other spaces within mm-hmm. that movement. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that is what electoral politics is. Correct? Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. So, so like, I, I, hmm, I wonder how much it's going to stick around as a thing with energy here. Because mm. mm. it, fe- it, fe- it feels very defeated and it feels very like people are used to seeing, it's, it's sort of like how like anti-war protests don't have the impact they had Mm-hmm. 50 years ago. Oh, yeah, not like, at people all. People were just like, oh, yeah, it's just hippies protesting this thing. Like, it's starting to have that impact here where, yeah, people are still getting killed by cops and cops are still brutalizing people, but they're like, well, but that's just, you know, I'm used to seeing that now. Like, it's normalized almost. Right. And, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I, this, none of this is to critique the people trying to use the, like, the electoral process. 
it's to say that like that has unintended consequences. Yep. Absolutely. And I think yep. people don't understand that. Um, Agreed. And, and there's like analogies in each of these like bigger lefty ish movements, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah. what I, I was going to say is the, it feels like the more obvious it is that you, that you have people in charge the more that that counterintelligence apparatus yeah. has a, a grasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and so people keep, one of the worst things on Twitter, one of the very worst things on Twitter, and I hate to be like, I go on this podcast to talk about the social media network that I don't want to be <laughs> on. Um, but one of the worst things is, is how frequently people go back and say, we just need to, I mean, they don't even say it like this, but they mean to say, we just need to recreate X or Y. We just need to no. re, redo this time period in time. You can't go back. You can't even recreate mm-hmm. periods of time that happened. You know, people, people are like, well, just make, just make the EZLN, but in the U.S. Do you know how mm-hmm. different There's the a fucking reason is? why the EZLN doesn't exist in the U.S. Exactly. Yeah. It would just make, I mean, just have a new Bolshevik revolution. No, it doesn't work like that, guys. Right. Like, but, but you know, a leaderless organization, a, you know, leaderless organizing is going to be better. Oh, yeah, we'll tell that to Lenin. Well, okay, I will. <laughs> Except he's fucking dead. I'll see him in hell. I'll tell yeah. him there. <laughs> I'll save him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is. <laughs> not, 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 to like, not to dwell on my, my like clear overfixation on local stuff, but like it's a lot easier to defeat a campaign than something that doesn't have a clear structure and goal to it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like that's, that is a thing that capital will mobilize against and mm-hmm. usually win. Like I am, I'm, I'm shocked and, Pleased that we passed rent control measures in both Minneapolis and St. Paul, but like, what does it tell us that that shit passed? But we didn't pass a thing saying we can change the police department a little bit. Right. Like, right. that should be a real fucking. We all stop and take stock of what is going on here. It's not right. really happening though, and yeah. Mm, and we yeah. we talked about this during the summer. Also, time has blended together. So was it this summer or last summer? I have Who no knows? idea. But like <laughs> about <laughs> about how our mayors and our city councils do not control the police departments. No, like, our police departments are running yeah. our cities. Period. And right. so like th- this is about coming to terms with real life. Like I've said this about COVID too. COVID is not going to do what you want. Politics is not going to do what you want. Like. There is no, <laughs> our institutions are, are done. They're, they're, they're broke. I mean, whatever, they're not broken. That this is how they're supposed to work. But like, this is the, this is the lowest common denominator. This is like where, this is the trajectory that we've been on for at least 50 years at this point. So there's no going back. I know you can't copy paste history. I know you can't copy paste other people, other geographies and cultures and histories, circumstances. All of that is bullshit. And like, I, I understand, I guess, the level on which people might find that comforting to kind of bury their nose in a book and think things have been better and things could be better again and things could be energizing. But, like, again, I say this a lot. People just need to come to terms with, like, this is hard. This is bad. It's going to get worse. We are all that we have. And I think 
releasing yourself of the stress of trying to scramble and like copy paste and hodgepodge what should be happening, which is not possible, is figuring out how to survive in the day to day and build something and, and really being honest about like how ugly and hard and inhumane and painful as long as we're alive, it is going to be to build something. You can't just, I, 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 I'm coming back to this thing about, (laughs) it's actually like hard to be articulate about because I feel like I'm like in my feelings about at this point, but we, before we press record, we were just talking about kind of like ongoing discourse about like left unity and like how that's always actually about punching left and how it is about copy pasting stuff out of books and being like, we should just do this and you guys need to get in line. And it's fundamentally a gross vision and also not realistic. And so I think letting go of the thing of having a grand vision, because that in and of itself requires you to do this copy pasting and just try to get back to our, what are our core values? Like, what are our roots? How do we survive? How do we treat each other so that we could build something? Yeah. It's very scary for most people, but we don't have any other option. Yeah, we really don't. I often, so I've, I've used this, um, analogy on like prog libs who are like just just be be grateful for what you're getting when when the when the Overton window squeaks left by like a millimeter. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but here here's the analogy. So imagine that you're in debt. You have a serious amount of debt, and it's not the kind imagine. of imagine. De- imagine <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but but yeah. we, the the part that you have to imagine is that like if you don't pay it almost immediately, you're going to like get, you know, murdered. You're going to get knocked off. Like, so Mm -hmm. this is a, you know, a mob movie, right? So you, yeah, loan shark. Yeah. You have a loan shark and, and you're deeply underwater and you know, you're coming up against your, your deadline. And so I'm going to say a quick, quick side note, Ben, loan sharks kind of a cute image in a way. It it is shark that like (laughs) comes, comes to get you. It's a little baby shark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you are deeply in debt and you're in serious trouble if you don't pay up. Um, yeah. And you go and try to, like, beg slash shake down all of the people in your life for as much money as you can because you you owe the, you know, you, let's say you owe $10,000. I don't think mm-hmm. that's probably enough to get murdered by a mob, but maybe. Um, you could lose a limb. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Or something like that, for sure. Well, so you, you, you hit up your friends and, and loved ones and family members, and each time they give you, like, $10. Well, you, you have nothing. You're still absolutely yeah. hosed. Like, what are those people doing? How can they possibly think mm-hmm. that you're, like, someone in their life or, like, worth saving? Like, if, if you mm-hmm. go to someone and say, I need $10,000, are they going to bust my kneecaps? And what you get is 10. Like, that person doesn't care about you. They don't care whether you live or die. Mm. And and so mm. when we do that and go... This and, is about the insufficiency of the response to existential Yeah, so we're, there are so many existential mm-hmm. threats, not just the big one. We'll get to the big one, but, but the little ones are like, you know, there's so much... Like, people are getting kicked out of their homes left and right now. And when we yep. go to the government and say we need help with rent, we need that moratorium back, we need all of that stuff, 
they don't do it and they're like, well, here's a, you know, here's, here's a, you know, a bone. Well, I can't yeah. eat a bone if I'm starving, if I'm near, like near the end of my life from hunger. Like it does not help yeah. me. And, and so what that says is that person does not care about you. That person does not think that you have dignity or are worth anything. And I would go further. If we're talking about on the municipal level where, you know, it can get abstracted. I think this is also just the way that the human brain works. You know, if you're talking about Congress, obviously they don't care about us. Right. Um, but if you're talking about like your, your city council, for example, like these people are your neighbors, like, you know, where they live, like they're just people, they don't, they're not that fancy. And so I would say that it goes further than that. And it is very clear, like, again, thinking about displacement evictions um and in this city because of who is targeted and what the demographics of this city used to look like it's like very clear and obvious ethnic cleansing the actual wish of of the powers that be it's not just that they don't care it's not that not that they don't get it they actively hope and wish that all these poor black people would die Right. Or leave. They yep. are never, ever, ever going to show up for you. And they just, they're just waiting you out. That's it. Yep. I think it's, I think it's unconscious, but yes. Like it, it's, I think for some people I it's unconscious. Think, I think that for some GOP people and some of these like hardcore lifetime liberal, like, may I talk, I need to talk to the manager people. I think some of those people straight up know it and they don't care. I don't know. I, I would I, say, I'm going to say specifically, I'm going to go, I'm not even going out on a limb. I'm going to say for Muriel Bowser, it's conscious because everything is in terms of tax base and rent. And so her money, her financial profile, her like the economic profile of this city improves by actively pursuing resegregation, period. That is the policy of but this also- city government. <laughs> People are so good at compartmentalizing. Like, I'm like, I think people can can do that and know on some level it's their self-interest and still, like, convince themselves that they are benevolent towards the people they're fucking over on some level. Right. I mean, oh, like, I think that's sure. like, yeah. There's, there's a wide range of people. I feel like that there are, is a wide range of people, some of whom are still deluding themselves and some of whom have just given in to the dark side. And I, I agree right. with yeah. Kim... Kim's assessment on Muriel Bowser. I think that's the same for Ted Wheeler. I think he sure. knows yeah. that the homeless population in Portland is is way, way, way more people of color, indigenous people, black people, disabled people, yeah. uh, queer people than than the regular population. And for as uh, progressive a front as Portland gives, uh, Wheeler knows that like what drives the tax base is straight, white, cis, male, mm-hmm. you know, like. And similar to like a corporate, that's a, you know, those are what corporate charters are, is why people think that corporations are amoral. Is right. that exact, it's exact same mindset or the exact same goals. Is that you, Ted, Muriel, all of these mayors, Jacob, I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah. Are, Jacob may be deluding himself still, corporate... but he won't be for very long right. if he is. 
So a court will have his back, sure, but fundamentally it's pursuing the bottom line and that means genocide. Right. So that's what we're doing. Yep. Yeah, I just don't, I, I really, I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm like, this isn't, to me, this is not being, being uh, forgiving of these people. I'm just like, I think they are deeply, deeply, like I, I had a friend who posted a, a like medium-ish post about um, the like DC military blob and the, the people who mm. are, you know, liberal imperialists basically. Right. Um, yeah. Like those to justify the, the American uh, foreign policy project as being the best possible of all bad options, basically. <laughs> and like, right. I, th- I, I think I I mean, that's very emotionally comforting if that's your job. That's very comforting right. to not have to look into it further. But that's the essence of, of, of like, the Jacob Fried liber- liberalism is, is he thinks, like, I, he probably, like, uh, uh, you know, sheds a tear to his, his, his wife uh, as, as they go to bed about busting up homeless encampments, but, but realizes that, like, he, right. he thinks... It's, but he it's has the best. to. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. And I, I think pe- people are really good at maintaining that alongside knowing that they are ruining people. Oh. And, like, I, making yeah, it about themselves. Maybe that's a difference and, yeah. between between Fry and Wheeler, though, because I think Wheeler gets off Yeah, I think, I think Ted, I think Ted and Muriel are in the same camp, and I agree that Jacob is a baby, and he's new to this. And he Although, got that, way in over there. his head. That said, I, I could be wrong because he, he he did also like massively consolidate power in the last election. Like sure. we converted Minneapolis from a weak mayor to strong mayor city, which and was so, not like, his idea, and he went along with it because he was like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds good." But somebody, the police, probably told him to do that. I I don't know. I don't I I don't know. Again, these people are inscrutable to me to some extent. We, but like to bring it back to kind of like the theme of the episode. There is no meaningful left movement that no. includes people like this. Well, of course not. Yeah, of course. Or, 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 but, but also people who think that they could be part of a left movement cannot yeah. be included. Oh, like, absolutely. You, yeah, we have no. to. We we have to sub. Yeah, like and, and but that's like you know, the forty five percent of my city voted for Fry in the first round or something. Like it's sure. bonkers. Yeah, and sure. I. I think I think it is like the 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 thing I'm going through of being like trying to understand them and empathize is is not because I like them. It's because it's good to understand what the fuck's going mm-hmm. on, but also to mm-hmm. say like fuck you. At some point, we have to say like you're just a fascist, and I don't know what to do about that. But like you're just a fascist. So yeah. So I'm gonna bring in my Nate Silver unless. Ben, you want to add anything before? Oh, I, I uh, before, yeah, just before we move on, I wanted to say, so, you know, going back to that analogy of like, okay, you're going to get your kneecaps busted if you don't pay up. Yes. Okay, well, um, here's the deal. It, it, think about it from the perspective. So, you know, we said like you're going and hitting everyone up and they're not, they're giving you a basically spitting in your face, which is, I mean, giving you $10 Mm -hmm. or spitting in your face is basically the same thing at this point, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so the thing to remember here is that we can also view it from the perspective of, you know, we're the person whose kneecaps are going to get busted. We keep going around and asking people we think are friends and family for, for money to save our lives. And they keep giving us nothing 
And we just keep asking around, oh, this guy's going to be the one. At some point, you got to recognize this whole crew that you think of as your friends and family are not. They are not. Right. And unless you can find someone to help you, you are going to have to take care of that however you fucking can so that you don't get capped. You know, like... And if you view that in the perspe- from the perspective of now uh, an ecological thing, humanity's on the brink. And we still sit here saying, oh, well, you know, uh, we have Please, an organization yeah, that has uh, some membership and like we're not growing any, but we haven't shrunk that much. So I don't know. We got something like no. If I'm you- sorry. I was led to believe if we had a hat. Yeah, if we, had, away, if we all we got a hat, it was going to be 100, fine. 100,000 yeah. members. And 100,000 is definitely going to do something. Yeah, because okay, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a big mm-hmm. enough number for did sure. We, did, did, we enough. Did, we, did we get 100,000 yes. members that happened? Yes, yes, theoretically okay. and technically, yeah. which is the only way you can measure okay. membership. There is <laughs> yeah. no way to know how many people are active in DSA. <laughs> You'll never figure it out. It's pretty hard it's, to, it's to, to tell. It's probably still counting me. So. Yeah. Um, They're juking the stats. So I want to say, uh, I, I'm going to to be the authoritarian and say, like, <laughs> let's do a short episode. Because Kim Memphis said earlier, and I'm tired. And <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, can, can we, like, give some, like, final thoughts on... on yeah, Kim was like, about to say to something do... before I was extremely rude and was like, oh, I just want to say one last thing and went on for, like, <laughs> No, that's it's minutes. not rude. That's true. I... I so, right, the difficulty is that the scope of the problem is so immense because I was just going to bring up that, like, I yelled at Nate Silver the other day and then I yelled at Eric Loomis today for doing the same thing. One was in the context of Kyle Rittenhouse and oh, one was in the context of the end of Roe v. Wade. But they're saying the same thing. They literally said the same thing, both of them. And both of them are useless. They're like, Of course, yeah. I know Eric Loomis. Eric Loomis doesn't think of himself this way. He's a historian, whatever. But, like, he's essentially turned himself into a pundit at this point. Like, yeah. Is that, right, he's weighing in and he's supposed to, trying to be, like, I don't even know, moving the needle, just being, like, reactive to what's going on. And they both said the same thing, which is that, oh, I thought if shit got really bad, people would get in the streets and they'd be rioting and they'd be burning shit down. And I was like, well, we did do that like last year and y'all hated it. And again, even with like, which is not part of us, but it's still funny and awesome is like the Louis Vuitton, uh, Home Depot, whatever is going on, which rules. That's not even us. And y'all are like still losing your minds about that. But this, but this idea that someone should do something, not me, of course, I, I'm not going to do anything. Like, I don't get involved. Somebody but like, should. I just, I just, I just always thought if like full fascism happened, that somebody would show up and stop it. And so like, what, what I'm going to leave in the, I've been chewing on this the whole time that we've been talking and I'm going to kind of leave as like. I don't mean it to be super provocative, but like I would like to come back to this and I also want to think about how to talk about it so I'm not, the JGTF is not showing up at my door. But I want to think about the kind of like left wing 
answer to or corollary to what the right does. What the right does that's not asking for help and that's just doing and that's like sowing chaos and is like very difficult for like the state to respond to. Also, I'm, I, of course, I understand that they're not going to respond to it because it's further. Right. I think that is the secret sauce here is police cooperation. Well, I, I yes. So it is the secret sauce. And I think there's something I want to keep chewing on. What I was going to say is that with a what the hard, hard right, like what Nazis do, even if they don't identify that way, that is completely on their own of their own volition and has incredible impact in this country is stochastic terrorism. Okay. So like, obviously that's horrifying. The state will never admit what it is. will never respond appropriately. Uh, it's terrifying. It's why we misclassify, um, people as lone wolves who actually have been like recruited. Oh by, yeah. Like, the white power yeah. movement. And I've been thinking about this shit like yeah. forever. Right. There's well, like, there's McVay, like a refute. McVay, right? Exactly. Like, like, exactly. Not alone. The train is being like, oh, just, just a crazy guy who just like did, did, he did a right. bad, uh, oh, we got to be, well, well, that oh, will happen see. again. Like, yeah. 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 I'm reading, uh, the war comes home. Kathleen Bellew right now. It's, it's real. I mean, I'm listening to it in the shower cause it's a lot. <laughs> so I listen to it like one chapter at a time. It's really stressful. Um, and, and absolutely bananas, like just like where these guys like brains are at, but they're, but their thing of like, um, they're just doing whatever they fucking feel like. And this whole country has to like respond to it. I really want to spend some time sitting with like, what is the like, loving, solidarity-driven, survival-driven version of that because people need to disabuse themselves of this notion that, like, everything of asking people to do stuff for us is dead. That shit is dead. We've already talked about, like, electoral politics a million times, but it, like, goes way, way, way beyond that. Like, we're talking about the Supreme Court. There is nothing you can do about that. Shit is gone. It's dead. Do not spend your fucking energy trying to pack the court. They're not going to do it. Yeah, why? Okay. Wh- who, so you, who is going to pack that court? Who is going to do that? No They're one. not going to. They already told you they're not going to. So if you are literally, I mean, also like I'm 41. Like I probably can't even get pregnant if I tried. And I just, I had like a visceral, like I wanted to throw up response today thinking about like if I was involuntarily pregnant, like. Here, here, here's a better, here's a better project. Build okay. First of all, get a barge. Hold on, I'm going. <laughs> oh, uh, dear. Is this a pirate build, ham radio station that hold, you're suggesting? Hold, hold, no, hold on. Okay, we're build we? a <laughs> build a replica Supreme Court on the barge. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and then court. and then lure the no lure the people the the SCOTUS justices mm. onto that barge and then mm. just just let it float up. Scuttle soon. it. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just let it flow. That's a better down. project. Food for thought. Food for thought. Yeah. Um, I'm also. I'm not, I'm not saying that we <laughs> maybe give them food. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, you know, you're not saying anything that. Yeah, you know, you're not. Nothing's actionable there. You, you just they, they want to send no, them on a long boat. Only in Minecraft would we execute the entire Supreme Court. Oh, Jesus! No, no, no! no. They're, go, they're, they're, they're going on a a a, a an a accidental cruise? vacation. They're just uh, yeah. It's just a, it's just a boat ride. That's all. Yeah. yeah. 
So, so right, I think these are the two poles that we get attracted to. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually not trying to be facetious or to be spicy or to scare you guys by bringing up this stochastic terrorism example. I'm, I'm bringing it up deliberately because I do think these are the two things that we get attracted to of either, oh, my God, we got to do political violence which like, all right, I'm mind your business. Don't tell us about it. Do whatever you yeah. want to do. That's fine. <laughs> do not, but also, do not but also, mention <laughs> any political violence you would like to do. <laughs> no, don't. But also, or just like retreating into ourselves, right? And like, um, and kind of hunkering down, which it's uh, very easy to is do. Essentially, that. what liberals are doing, and it's not going to work. And so we're going to have to figure something out. And and I am suggesting, I am I am arguing for that actually us leaning into these spontaneous, um, I still want to go back to the Vicki Osterweil book, which I still haven't read about in defense of looting. I I think I'm over. Yeah. I'm overdue to read it. I I really, really like just like her thinking, um, everything that I have read that she's written, um, I think is thoughtful. And like, so why I'm bringing up, you know, like the Louis Vuitton stuff, whatever, is that like, that's not, that's clearly not us. And yet we can still, be like, yeah, this rules, like on Twitter. We can like say that to like our people. We can like lean into it. We can in the process stand up for retail workers. Like we can we can talk about like our own experience. We can like shut down these kind of like received wisdom dickholes, pundits who make the conversation in this country about what we're doing. Like they are flailing right now. And like I think if we just lean into the fact that like we have to burn this shit down which means that which just means owning that we're ready to do it that's all that's all I mean you don't have to do crimes (laughs) I just I just want you to I want us all to get comfortable with owning what we've known for a long time I think that that is important for setting the table stakes of what we're going to be doing in the next two and a half years before we go into civil war. Right. I mean, because uh, I, I don't know what else we have. This is spontaneous. This is it's spontaneous, unorganized, quote unquote, mass action. And that means us owning that we're like ready to do it. Yeah, I we think support each other. I think that uh, there's a, f- a few other legs to that table. And, and one of them is the way that we help each other. And, and the way that we support yes, each other, 100%. like, needs to be revolutionized. Like, we need to see okay. an absolute revolution in the way mutual aid is done, even on the left. Um, two is that resiliency. So there's three legs, right? There's direct action, yeah. mutual aid, and, and, and preparation. Um, mm-hmm. And that resilience is essential. And I think that all of those things need to be radical. Like, you can have direct actions Mm -hmm. that aren't radical. And that's not to say that, like, people get confused between radical and militant and radical and violent. Yes. That's not what it means. It's not equivalent. You can do an extremely reactionary or even, like, pro-status quo and extremely violent direct action Mm -hmm. that will get you precisely nothing. Um, Exactly. And you can also, likewise, you can do some very, you know, difficult, like, hard, like, 
gritty mutual aid and and preparation and like really like dig into like the nasty stuff in a way that doesn't help that i think that we need to recognize mm-hmm. that the future is is going to be difficult the future is mm-hmm. we are we need to be prepped for some really hard things but just being prepped for those hard things does not ensure does not mean that our ideas are radical or that we are fighting mm-hmm. for an actually radically different, better world. Agreed. Um, I, I only have one final thought to share, and it's in honor of the Beatles documentary. <laughs> oh, I heard of this. Yeah. Uh, poo poo and pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> was that, that was your Liverpool accent there, huh? That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it's, that was, that was fine. Was it though? That was fine. It was. <laughs> it was fine. That was right. Yeah. I, I've been to Liverpool. I I support you. That's great. That was my amalgam <laughs> of all of the Beatles. All of them. <laughs> I know it was. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. Really was. Yeah. It was done yeah. in the uh, a, in the machine learning of Tim's mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. All right. <sighs> on our way out. All right. Be be kind to yourselves. Yeah. On our way out, Chugs. I want to get book recommendations from people. You just said. What was the book you were reading? Oh. It can happen here, or no? Bringing the war home. Bringing the war home. It, it's a lot. It, it the the so far the TLDR is that the American white power movement is a continuation of the Vietnam War. It's extremely fucked up. Yeah. Extremely disturbing. So mm. I have to kind of do it in chunks. Um, and also, as you all know, I went into a deep. Octavia Butler whole was really fucking me up like yeah. a couple of weeks ago about um, Parable of the Talents. I just, I'm okay now, but I was really having a hard time for like a week, 10 days. It's after a hard I book. Read that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, ben, do you want like a, a, like a fun book? Any or book. A, Any like, book. A, um, my all time favorite book. I feel bad saying this because it's is Dune by Frank Herbert. Is yeah, uh, <laughs> it's 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 doing it by Frank Herbert. Um, I, so I love the book The Unconsoled by Kazuo Ishiguro. Mm. It is oh. a very strange book. It's arguably like a dream sequence that takes six hundred pages. Uh, I have read it half dozen times in my life and every time i do really it's it's like it's like kind of like taking a mushrooms it just like resets okay. me um, interesting huh. that's a yeah. pretty strong recommendation yes. yeah okay also you, you might you might you might get 20 pages in and be like uh nope and like i'm like yeah that's fair that's it's 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 <laughs> not like, for everyone right it, not to say it's it's that difficult but the the tone is very specific you have to be in the right mindset maybe yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. All I right. think all right. there's a, there's a, there's also a, there's a fun Beatles reference. At one point, the little kid says, "Number nine, number nine, the, ah. the, 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 the white album thing." Yeah, yeah. I uh, can't actually, actually do that accent. I know that. I'm sorry. I, I apologize <laughs> to everyone. I have to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That one didn't quite raise to the level of your pee pee poo poo, but I'll yeah, 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 it. yeah. Um, I don't hate this as a no pressure, but I don't hate this as like a continuing thing. There's this oh yeah, um, no, I, I think podcast. It would be good. I, 
There's a podcast I used to listen to, and I let it go, um, called Latinos Who Lunch, who, which is sweet, and I love it. And um, in particular, one of the guys is a artist, and I found his... Um, I have no creative brain whatsoever, and I found his kind of like sharing information about the art world and whatever to be very interesting. And they had like sort of a built-in um, segment where they would recommend minim- minimally like a song, which I don't want to do, but like a movie or a book, um, I think j- could just be cool. I, I belatedly want to appreciate you both for your recommendations when we did do that kind of like dystopian uh, book conversation. I think I read everything that we talked about Aww. and Aww. had various levels of like, I love it or I hate it, but it was all like very worthwhile. So we could Good. totally do that again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would love, I would love to do like a, like a book centered episode. Cause I, I, yeah. I don't like it's, I know this is a common trope, but it's like, it's a trope or just a thing. That's a weird thought. That's uh, why it's a trope, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, the, like, the, like, not having attention for books. <laughs> like, books were just, like, the thing that made my life have meaning in my teens. Like, it's all I cared yeah, about exactly. reading shit. And now I could barely do it. It sucks. Yeah, it's really hard. You it's know what, Tim? I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to put in your brain that the reason why is law school. It destroys <laughs> Jesus. your but I didn't go enjoyment to for reading. I still can't read. <laughs> It's just now coming back to me, but I couldn't. I couldn't okay. for a really long time. Yeah, but this is why I go back to books like *The Unconsoled* because it's like it's familiar, but also has a meaningful like. It twists my reality in a way that I care about, and isn't just escapism. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. All right, yeah. uh, my recommendation is *A Psalm for the Wild Built* by Becky Chambers. Um, it is mm. very light, uh, but it does imagine a world. Now it's not. It's not. The humans here are not on Earth. It's a science fiction film, uh, book set in uh, a some other part of the universe. But uh, the humans there live on a moon, and um, basically, it's imagining a post-climate catastrophe civilization where they did manage to get their shit together. Um, mm. Whoa. But also, it's uh, an interesting study in colonization and imperialism mm-hmm. and, like, reckoning with that part of yourself. I won't give too much more away. Uh, okay. That sounds very intriguing. Yeah. There you go. Maybe we could next time talk about what I couldn't even cope with today, which is. Elon Musk is helping the United States government figure out how to dim the sun. What the fuck? <laughs> Look, yeah. I that's live a, in that's Portland. A Danny, I don't that's want a that Danny thing Boyle any movie. than it already is. It's December. No. <laughs> that's a Danny Boyle movie already. You can't It literally do that. is a Danny Boyle movie. And they did not ask for it to be dimmed. Well, they have to well, restart So they're it. asking Elon Musk why are they not asking Danny Boyle? Yeah, he already thought about it. He already did this. it. It's Danny... God. It's Danny Boyle in Sunshine, and it's also um, who made um, this is the entire premise of um, what the fuck is the train movie? Uh, oh, you know uh, what I'm talking uh, about? Uh, 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 Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Yeah. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. Can we call All right. th- 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 This episode is called Snowpiercer. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> ah. All right, folks. All right. Let's get through another day. 
Let's, um, let's do it. Let's do this again soon. I miss yeah. you. Great. Bleak time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, folks. All right. Bye. Until next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.